I'm Terry Mallet. And I'm Jared Treadway. And we're inviting you to co-create with us. From our home base in North Central Texas. We're hosting conversations that nourish our mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual intelligence. We are about being spiritually physical. And physically spiritual. We are about inspiration. And aspiration. We are about involution. And evolution. We're about self-exploration and self-excavation. We are about each of us coming to know ourselves in our fullness and wholeness so that together we serve the expansion of human consciousness with the gifts of our specific genius. Welcome to 33 North, 96 West. The conversations that Jared and I have had over the last couple of days started with me as I was moving through the process of contrast related to things that would be interpreted by humanity in society as crisis or trauma. And then having experienced a set of experiences over the last few days around a previous crisis or trauma and what I was moving through personally, the information and messages coming into my field, and just moving through the process of that contrast, asking the questions, reflecting, having the experiences of it. So that's a lot to wrap up in a summary. So I just wanted to basically say these conversations did really start with me bringing some things to the forefront that I had uh, been experiencing. And I will say it's around an anniversary date, if you will, of an experience that I had. And many people bringing that into my awareness before I even remembered. People bringing into my awareness that there's this anniversary date, and then it goes from there. (laughs) And it was an anniversary date of a past contrast moment. Yes. And you could maybe even say, medical crisis. Yes. And so, as with all of our conversations, these are words that carry meaning. And the meaning that words hold is often according to our conscious or unconscious agreement about the meaning of the word. But we're using powerful words... (laughs) Um, because we don't want to, like on this channel, we don't want to tiptoe around the de- the occasional density of our spiritual human experience here. Mm-hmm. So, so let's reframe a little bit uh, and then ease back into, we'll start with general and go into more specific layers of this conversation. Does that sound good? Sounds great. So... Terry and I, I think we agree on the following concepts, ideas, and premises. So I'm going to list some of these things off and then you can validate uh, what I'm saying. At the highest level, we are participatory to the manifestation of our life experience. In other words, 
We are the creators of our reality. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. We come into a physical incarnation as a human being on the earth plane in order to have experiences that inform the expansion, growth, and evolution of the whole of who we are. True? Yes, true. While part of us is physically focused here, there is a broader non-physical aspect of us that is that has a broader purview. True. They yes. can see where we've come from, where we've headed. They kind of exist. That aspect of us, our higher selves, our soul self, our source self exists outside of time, but also with us in time. Yeah. And because they have a broader view of who we who we have been, who we and what we intended to explore and experience here in this moment, in this incarnation, and even what we're going to experience in future experiences. Like they can they can see. So they are participatory to our experience from that broader perspective. So with regards to contrast, that's a part um, that's a part of the construct of our experience at this level. So we can say good times and bad times, and something was acutely painful, like that thing they said to me was hurtful, or I was traumatized by my by that period of time or by my rep, uh, repeat, repeated exposure to that toxic energy. So you would look at these contrasting experiences and you would say, well, if I'm participatory to this life and, I, and I'm a creator of my experience, I wouldn't have claimed that. But the the broader self, the source self, the soul self, does it share that attitude? No. No. Can we say that the whole of who you are, that source self, that aspect of you, exists beyond the reference to good and bad? Yes. And... Does it ever feel bad about the experience you're having? No. No. And then going back to, to what, uh, what we claimed earlier, it has broader purview about your trajectory. Mm-hmm. Yes. So by, by virtue of the universal principle of attraction – and by virtue of your soul self or your source self, you are moving through life, drawing experiences to you through which you may take on evolution and improvement. And then in those experiences, we 
have the opportunity to respond and choose. Now, now we have paved the way, right? <laughs> to talk about trauma or crisis. I, I think that's where now with that frame of reference. And this is particularly topical for us now, not only as individuals, but as a collective organism, because it can be said that our civilization and our species on many levels is in crisis, right? We have, we have claimed things like war. We have claimed things like disease. Now, some people who may hear this are going to have the impulse to challenge the idea that we have claimed these things. And I'm just going to stand firm in my knowing that it is the truth. Because just as we as individuals are the creators of our experience, we as a species are the creators of our experience. And we have claimed these things by virtue of the mechanism of the law of attraction. And by, and I'm going to just simplify this by the power of our focus and our attention on subjects, we make them manifest. So we have claimed all of what we're experiencing. And I'm just going to say, from my perspective, in order to learn and grow through it or transcend beyond it or to remember ourselves in truth through it. But when we're in, so, so when we're in crisis, I guess the question, the question now is maybe we're sharing experiences that we've had of crisis and what we claimed in them and what we learned through them or remembered through them. What meaning did we endow them with? I think I will address a couple, couple of personal experiences over the last few years. I'm going to start by just mentioning them. And the reason is because I had a very different perspective and experience than those in my field, those in my life, those in my world. Oh, that's beautiful. You mean different people can be having an experience of the same circumstances and claim something different? Right. So I would like to address that. Yeah. Um, and, and I do think bringing, sometimes bringing in personal experience does uh, give a little bit broader view for others to uh, look at and see where you have resonance with that or experience with that. Yes, let's ground it. Ground it. So I had an, a medical emergency in, gosh, 2018, summer of 2018. And I was in extreme dire pain. I went into sepsis, I, you know, all kinds of the body was going through a tremendous amount of physical duress. Very uncomfortable. 
in every aspect. And I moved through that in, I think it was about a seven, eight day experience in the hospital without any surgery, without anything invasive. And I did go through some really profound experiences that I was already having in my my reality, you know, very spiritual, as people might call it, or esoteric. But I was going through several experiences of basically doing my own healing and working with uh, energies, if you will, that were present and the frequencies for me to move through that. I understand in hindsight that it was to be that way at that time because I had other opportunities to meet some amazing people that are to be in my life. Some There was a, a dear friend of mine calls them divine appointments. Uh, we were to meet, uh, I was to meet several people that would be a really big part of my life moving forward and my experiences that, yes, maybe I was not consciously aware that I had brought into my field, but that were in to be in my field. So I went through these amazing experiences, not not the hospital portion, but I will tell you this. I was never scared. I was not afraid of of death. I was not afraid of having any long-term medical uh trauma from this or anything. I never had that. I my biggest thing is I just wanted pain relief. It was just relentless for days. It wasn't a short period. It was for days. And I basically felt like an experiment. And so I did not even know for a few days that there was conversation that there would be a surgery. The surgeon was talking to my, my, uh, my doctor and so forth. And I wasn't aware all these different doctors were having all these conversations. I was just managing pain and doing what I could to use energy healing, and move through that, which I did. I did not receive uh, anything medically other than medications to move me through through that time, especially the sepsis part. But it was mostly pretty natural what I went through. And again, very, very spiritual experiences of healing. I was witnessing it all. I was participating participatory in my healing. I was very mindful of what was happening. So then I went on. I met these amazing people. I had beautiful experiences that I continue to have with various relationships and experiences I had that were very imperative in my journey and in my growth and in my healing emotionally, mentally, in my evolution, in my awakening, whatever words people want to put to that. And to me, that's a that's a continual evolution in your life. It's not like I had I had done years of that work and I felt so balanced and so in harmony with who and what I am. And yet and yet <laughs> like you you felt over the years after having done all of this work and been on this journey you still experienced this crisis. So absolutely. And that was also, that was, that's a whole nother topic. That alone was a, I'm just going to use these words. That was a teaching that was moving through me for those in my life and in my field. I don't mean that I did not learn and have experience from it, but I was able to hold space for other people 
in their witnessing and they're experiencing it their way of what I was going through, if that makes sense. (laughs) Do you mean that you made the choice to be the calm within a storm? Absolutely. Hmm. And and, And I am going to, there's going to be a little more to this story because a second medical emergency happened a couple of years later. But before I get to that, I do want to say this is something to really ground in, and you may or may not have had this experience, but I know many have that are in my world and in my field. There are these teachings that if you have a crisis, whether it's medical, mental, emotional, physical, any kind of crisis, something that the human interprets as a trauma or a crisis, and I'm going to add to that, could I say the pain I was going through in the physical experience was a crisis? Yes, I, I will give it that, that uh, the energy. And I will say it was very much a crisis. Every, I didn't even know until I was checking out of the hospital that it was touch and go for a while. I had no concept because I was just focused on what I was there to focus on. But I do remember when people began asking the questions, well, what is the metaphysical reason that you had to have this experience? And what was it you had not learned in your journey? And what was it? What? In other words, there's a lot of teachings out there that you go through these experiences because you, because, because you did something wrong, because you didn't do something according to this, this divine plan. And you weren't in this state of bliss 24-7. And that was a very strong beginning of me not only knowing that, but me speaking it to people. Me actually saying, it happened because I'm here to have the human experience as a divine being, as an aspect of source, God, creator, spirit. I I had a, a an agreement, if you will, and I don't even use that word usually. People that know me know I don't say I had a contract or an agreement, but I had a level of what's a good word here? You might have to help me. Like a I like, like I, a relationship. Like with right this. now, I'm just wanting to suggest you had a soul level intention. Thank you. Knowing that I came here to have these experiences, yeah. and that is it. Yeah. I don't need to analyze it. I don't need to say, well, because I have this pain here and this experience here, then that relates to this unhealed trauma around this. And then that I don't need to draw a diagram. I don't need to have this huge flow chart that I go and show to the world and say, well, that happened because of that. I don't need to have a full 100% human interpretation of cause and effect. I need to recognize that I came here to have cause and effect experiences. Thank you. <laughs> yes. And so I'm going to rem- I'm going to remind us and circle back to because what you suggested was that others in your field may have responded to the experience you were having by saying why did you have to experience this? Why, you know, is this, so I'm going to use the words like punishment Mm -hmm. or is this a repercussion of some past act? Is this the result of my karmic predicament? Mm -hmm. So, and I'm going to ask again, does your higher self, does your soul self, does your source self 
have the capacity to punish you? No. No. Does it feel any negativity about any of the experiences that you have ever had? Does it have the capacity to feel negative emotion? No, because it's not contrast. It exists beyond the reference mm-hmm. to any of those ideas. That that level of vibration, that level of frequency is only at this dense plane. We can claim those things here on 3D. So... I'm wanting to point that out because that's that that's been a profound um, learning for me uh, experience and experiences that I've had. And then I want to suggest that in situations of profound or extreme contrasts, we have a choice moment. It's not a moment because it's constant; mm-hmm. like every moment is a choice. But you have the choice to identify with an aspect of your own consciousness. I'm going to say it again. You have the choice to identify with the perspective of your source. And take on its attitude about that experience, which does not blame does not judge, does not criticize, because it cannot. Or you may choose to say, well, I'm receiving this punishment because of wrong acts in the past, or, <laughs> you know. But we have to, and, and you, in, in your exposition of the experience you were having, there were several, mom- several moments where I identified that you made choices. Yes. You didn't necessarily express it that way. Like, for instance, you said, I, I was not afraid of dying or being annihilated. Well, may I suggest or ask, was there a choice associated with that? Absolutely. You could have chosen fear. Mm-hmm. You could have chosen, well, you could have chosen a lot of things. Why don't you talk about your choices? <laughs> With all that in mind about like the relationship between our perspective and our source perspective. Okay. I definitely would like to discuss that further. I want to add to some beautiful statements you were asking and some questions you were asking. Some beautiful statements you were making and some questions you were asking. If my source self... I just want everybody to contemplate this and then I will move forward. If my source self cannot have that judgment of itself, that separation consciousness, again, I'm going to use the word judgment of me and my experience. And I am an aspect of source incarnate. And I, my, my soul is not punishing me. 
then I invite you to consider extending that to my God is not punishing me. My source is not punishing me. Again, this is that that concept Jared's talking about where we can completely pan out. I referred to a previous previous recordings that bird's eye view, the witnessing, the observing. When I can pan out and say, I am all, I am both divine aspect of God, child of God, aspect of source, whatever you really resonate with to, to frame that. And I am also incarnate in, in form in human, I am formlessness and form. I do move beyond in that, in the experience of that, I do move beyond there needing to be separation and a good and a bad. So I felt like speaking to that before I move to the, to the next part of this. So less than two years later, I have the same experience, not the same, the same symptoms. And it was a very sudden onset like before, but before it was a little more gradual and I was in the experience of that, of the pain, of the physical sensations, what I was definitely interpreting and can only translate as the word pain. Um Dis, uh, duress, that's the word I used a lot with the doctors, duress. Uh, let me just get my, oh, okay, so I fully experienced that. So this next time, I remember about two hours of this, and then I completely have no memory until I woke up from a coma. I lost, I didn't lose. (laughs) That's the way other people would say it. I did not lose anything. I had major personal experiences, but I had no conscious awareness of six days. So I did that time go through two surgeries. I was in a coma and I, my family was told that I, I was not going to be surviving this. Of course, that was not my experience. I wasn't even consciously aware. And it even turns out I had conversation for two days with people in the beginning of this. Hmm. No recall whatsoever. Uh, No recall that I signed and consented to the surgery. (laughs) No recall of who visited and the conversations that were had. No recall of any of it. The last thing I remember is when I began going into, and I've never actually worded this this way or had this particular conversation, and it feels like it's important to speak to. When I began going into that duress and any memory of previous emotional and mental uh, interpretations of trauma around that, of course, we're flooding in. Not this again. Why? Why this again? Why this again? Okay. Okay. I did the work through that, you know, those kind of phrases you hear people say. And then very quickly, I just said, I'm not experiencing it that way this time. I remember 
that I, I was being wheeled into the hospital. I was being carried, actually. I, I couldn't, I mean, there, there wasn't even the option to walk. My husband had to carry me everywhere. And as they were willing, bringing the wheelchair up, I remember this question. Who are your doctors? And my answer was, everything you need to know is in my charts. I'm not going to have any more communication. And I went silent, and I have no conscious awareness what happened past that. None. I know that I made that choice. I'm not going through it this way this time. (laughs) And I had my own experience for six days that had nothing to do with what was going on in this physical 3D world. It had a lot to do with it, but not in my experience. It had to do with a much more global, um, I call it a simulation. I was able to see and witness what was going on globally, not only in the present, but going forward. I saw things that were to come. And so that was my experience. And that's not what I'm here to talk about right now. But point being is I was not in any awareness that there was pain, that there was duress to the body. I I had no concept of that. I had no concept that there was um, people praying for me and people sending me energy work and healing and, and just everything they could do for me to survive. I also remember in this simulation, which was an experience no one other than me was having, uh, I also remember making the choice and saying, I choose to live. I remember that as well. So where Live I'm, as a human being on this plane. Live as a human being on this plane. Yeah. And because it wasn't you're, in fear. Because you're living, you don't have the option of not living. Exactly. But you you made the choice yes. that you were going to continue here with us. Yes. Thank you for that, by the way. <laughs> you're okay. welcome and thank you for that. Yeah. So... I remember some what I call choice points. I remember making some choices, some very strong choices. And I remember when I woke up and they were asking me, do you know where you are? Do you know what you're doing? I mean, you know, they ask you these questions as you're coming out of uh, sedation and and all of that. Um, The first memories I have, the questions I was asking of them they would laugh at, they would dismiss. And it was all this information that was coming to me for six days. And they were, and then it would happen within a day or two. It was really interesting, all these, this information that had come into me. Uh, I'd like to clarify, you're, you had some precognition. I had some precognition. Yeah. So they, they didn't know what, what you were talking about, but then it became manifest in, in a different time. Correct. Okay. And Okay, so I, I I wasn't afraid. They were asking me what was going on. So by the time these people would start to explain to me and my family and their friends, they're explaining it to me in detail. And I don't mean, I shouldn't say in detail, but they're explain, explaining to me what I experienced with a lot of information. And it's really interesting to hear those stories, the way I talked. Of course, I had, you know, I talked like I'd been on helium forever. <laughs> um the words I said, the phrases I used, the questions I asked, all of that, I don't remember any of that either. My first conscious awareness, uh, I do remember a little bit of that, but very minimal. But my first conscious awareness, I remember making statements to my husband that were probably a little 
confusing, you know, where is this coming from? But one of my very first statements that I remember strongly was, nobody is going to tell me that I went through this because of some unresolved anything. There was no unresolved trauma or healing. There was no, I did something wrong and I'm being punished. There was no reason to go into analysis paralysis and spend the next X number of months going into deep radical healing because I did I missed something. And that was an absolute knowing. And when I said that to my husband, he said, who are you talking about? And he knew what I meant, and he resonated with what I said. But he said, who? It sounds like you're talking about somebody specifically. I said, anybody that chooses to make those statements to me, I will tell them, we are not having this conversation. It was a powerful experience. It sounds like it, and I'm, yeah, I'm feeling, feeling it and resonating with you in it, for sure. Let me follow up with some questions. Can your source give you any experience that is not for your highest good? No. So Terry and I were having so much fun with this conversation that we went for almost two hours. So for your benefit, we have taken the liberty of dividing this episode up into two parts for you so that you can listen episodically if you'd like. So this represents the conclusion of part one, and then we will publish part two, uh, and we're publishing them both together. So if you'd like to continue listening, you can just click on through to the next episode. As always, thank you for being a part of this, and I'll see you on the other side.